Rebellions are built on hope. And welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Alberto Calderon, and thank you for joining us on another great Star Wars Saturday. And what a Star Wars Saturday and Star Wars weekend it's been, actually. Uh, Disney Plus Day, two days ago, and now D23. Man, we got a lot to talk about today, so we got to start early. And as you can see, I'm by myself today. I'm rocking it solo. Uh, our co-host, Otis, not here today. He's having fun in Universal Studios at the moment. So shout out to Ati. Hopefully he's having a good day. But man, of all the weeks to miss for Ati, he's going to miss a good one today. There's a lot of Star Wars news, like I said. Uh, starting with Star Wars, with Disney Plus Day was a little bit, ah, we always don't get a lot and we'll talk about it. But then this afternoon or this morning, depending where you are, West Coast, East Coast, or another part of the country in a different country, we got a lot of information for things we knew were coming. So nothing unexpected, nothing, no new shows or new movies announced, which is fine. But we did get a lot of information about a lot of shows. I'm going to get through those. But as always, if you're watching this today or any point, thanks for joining us. If you're brand new to the show, make sure you subscribe um, so you don't miss any of our new episodes dropping every Saturday at 5 in the afternoon. Eastern time, or if you're watching or listening, I should say, to the audio podcast, of course, we are live, not live if you're listening on Mondays, but Mondays is when this drop on the audio podcast. Thank you. Make sure to leave us a uh, rating and review over there. Subscribe to the channel, as I said. Give us a thumbs up. And if you're watching this later in the week or whenever you get a chance, make sure to leave us a comment down below. Let us know what you, what you think about all the big announcements from Star Wars this weekend and from other nerd items which we will be discussing later on and as always make sure that you are following helping out as you can with the aminadala initiative for equality texas a lot of good stuff they're doing over there we gotta make sure that we get informed donate do what we can and also for the national network of abortion funds other what choice fundraisers all of that is still going on and there are links down in the description of this video so you can follow those and I think that's it, because like I said, there's a lot to talk about today, and we got to start early. So let me see who's out there. Our friend, Emotional Evolution, yes, put this on your calendar. There is a lot going on Star Wars-wise between now and probably summer of 2023. I'll try to put some dates on this. We, don't, didn't, we didn't get exact dates for a lot of the items that were announced this weekend. Uh, so we'll play around and see if we can figure it out. But with that said, if you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. Let's talk Star Wars and Star Wars news. Star Wars news. Of course, it's Star Wars news. Everything that dropped counts as Star Wars news, right? So let's go ahead. Let's start quick. And if it's Star Wars news, we're going to start with Disney Plus Day. I know, I know, but it's fun. We got stuff. Disney Plus Day was this past Thursday. I believe this is the second year that they've done it. And it's always, what are, what are we going to get with Disney Plus? Are we going to get some important announcements? It's going to be quiet. Sometimes people's expectations take the better of them. After last year, I kind of 
put my expectations a little on the back burner. Last year was the first Disney Plus day, so we had a lot of expectations. We thought that Kenobi trailer was coming out, information for Bad Batch, or maybe Bad Batch at that point, season one was still going, Mandalorian. We had a lot of expectations for Disney Plus day last year, and we only got that one minute Kenobi kind of, I don't not behind the scenes, just a little bit of information, some concept art that unfortunately leaked that day before. So when it showed, we were like, really, this is it for Star Wars, Disney Plus Day, their big brand out there, the big streaming service and nothing good announced for Star Wars. It was kind of a downer. So for this year, expectations were low. I kind of knew, or I kind of expected not to get a lot. But in my opinion, I think we got a lot between the 10-minute Andor clip, which we're going to be discussing in a, right now, and also the Kenobi documentary. I think those are two huge Star Wars items that drop on Disney Plus Day. So at least on my end, I'm content with what we got on Disney Plus Day. I know some people wanted maybe more, but knowing that D23, which is their big showcase, first time in three years they've been able to do it, just like two days afterwards, they weren't going to do a lot of big reveals for Disney Plus Day. Just save them for D23, which is what they did. But yeah, so let's start with Disney, Disney Plus. Let me take a sip of my water. I'm already, oof, I'm going fast. So like I mentioned, it started with this Andor kind of special look behind the scenes. It's a 10 minute special look. It starts with Tony Gilroy and Diego Luna just talking a little bit about how they came up with this show, what it means for the show, how grounded is grounded. It's going to be just focus on real people, real struggle, struggles, anxieties, and what they're doing. So that's very important. Very, I guess it's what we thought this show was going to be about, or what we hope this show was going to be about. Similar to Rogue One, extremely grounded, which is I know a buzzword out there, especially a couple of years ago. But it kind of reinforces that feeling that we got from the previous trailers and everything else going forward. All the interviews they've done. So I love that part. We also got about a five or six minute look at the extended scene that they showed the Rogue One IMAX preview a few weeks ago. But actually, before we go into that, what I really liked about the quick behind the scenes that we got before this was that they had the music playing. I'm not sure, I'm guessing they had the music on speakers going as they were recording some of the scenes. I don't know if the whole orchestra was there recording or just playing the music as they were recording the scenes or just that composer Nicholas Britell had some music, send it over, and then they blasted that on the speakers as they're recording. But man, that's gonna give it so much of a feel for the actors and everyone involved. Diego Luna said how great it was to have the music there. So I think that was the part that really caught my eye during that little kind of behind the scenes. For the extended clip, like I mentioned, I've heard that this is the same one that, we, that people that were able to go to that Rogue One IMAX screening saw before the movie. It's an extended version of the little like two minute clips clip we got about two weeks ago that have, excuse me, Andor and, uh, I forget the name of the character, uh, Stellan Skarsgård's character kind of, he's recruiting Andor basically. He got Andor to do a job for him, get this black box from this Imperial vault. He has it, he kind of talks about how easy it is to to infiltrate the Empire, but then it goes longer and it's basically Stellan 
Luthen, Luthen Rayo, I think is the name of the character, kind of recruiting Andor for the cause of this rebellion that he's trying to build, basically telling him, hey, are you, aren't you tired of doing this? Aren't you tired of being stepped on? Let's fight them the right way, not, not what you're doing, just stealing for scraps or whatever. So it was great to get that extended scene. They get ambushed by some local security forces, and then all hell breaks loose, and there's a cool action sequence. So again, we've seen parts of this, so it was good to see a little bit of an extended scene on that, on that end. And then the 10-minute special look ends with another trailer, which I don't know, was pretty similar to other trailers we've gotten before, a couple of new scenes, but nothing major. Then today on D23, they release a, a brand new trailer, the final trailer. I would say maybe half is stuff that we've seen before, the other half are new things, but are similar scenes that we've seen before, kind of extended them a little bit longer. So they didn't, didn't reveal too much, which is great. Andor comes out in less than two weeks. In 11 days, we're back having Star Wars on Wednesday, so that's gonna be great. So in two weeks, all we're gonna be talking about is Andor over here. So I really enjoyed that 10 minute special look that they dropped for Andor Disney Plus Day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the other big thing that dropped was the Kenobi documentary, which was a full hour, just a love letter for this character, basically. So I understand last week speaking with Oti, I kind of said, it's kind of weird that they're not kind of pushing this as a Disney gallery behind the scenes for Kenobi, like they've done for the other shows. It's actually a Kenobi documentary. But it kind of fits with what they did. It wasn't a kind of technical behind the scenes of how they did the show. It's more about what this character and all the characters in this series, what it means to the people that play those characters, to Ewan, to Hayden, everyone coming back for their roles plus the new characters. So it was a little bit different. A lot of love for, for all the prequels and what George did for George Lucas, for those people that don't know, I just shorthand with George, he's okay with it. So I just call him George. So it was emotional. A little, I'm, I'll say, I'm, I know a lot of people got emotional watching this as soon as you go on Twitter, people said that they had tears on their eyes, they were crying and hey, I respect anyone that had those emotions because these are very important characters to a lot of people. I love what I saw. I didn't get to that level of emotion. But I think my favorite, it was every time that Hayden and Ewan got to see each other, how much love those two people have for each other was just great. And that really touched my heart. So it was great for them to have that opportunity to come back. Of course, with Hayden, Kristen said all the backlash that he received from the prequels, it's great for him to see firsthand the love that the fans now have for him and for Anakin as a character. So I love seeing that. So that was my favorite thing, just Ewan and Hayden being back together. Um, I also love when everyone that came back to reprise the role between Ewan, Hayden, and Liam at the end, Liam Neeson, uh, it's saying how, they, oh man, we haven't played these characters in 15 years for Liam Neeson. It's been like 20, over 20, 23 years, I think, since 1999. And then he's kind of all of them. Oh, as soon as I got on my in my Jedi robes, they feel comfortable. They felt like, yeah, we belong with these characters. It was great seeing how quickly they are. That uniform, you put those Jedi robes, you grab your lightsaber, you're back in Star Wars. So I love hearing how how much this means to all of them, even if they haven't played or haven't thought about these characters in 10, 15 years, how important it was for them and how quickly 
they feel comfortable back in the in in that role. All right, our friend Dale is here. Dale, how are you doing? Restart your computer when you put that 30 minute warning. Go back. Yeah, sometimes those computers, man, it'll be a five minute restart as we do an update. And then you, you're there for two hours. So thanks for joining us. Dale, hopefully you, you got to see all the news that dropped during the Disney Plus and in 23. And if you didn't, that's why you're here. We're talking about them, doing a breakdown, it's not deep dive. You know, we'll just keep it, keep it chill over here on Radio Rebellion. Uh, another great thing about that documentary was Hayden Christensen talking about Vader and when is Anakin Anakin? When is Anakin Darth Vader? Are they the same person? Are they two different ones? That was great because that's a great debate between the fans. I don't know which way I lean. It kind of depends. But the thing that really touched me, really, oh man, that's great to hear was he's talking about when George Lucas was talking about talking to him about Darth Vader. And even when Vader is at the most Vader, he's still the chosen one. I mean, I don't know. That's just, that's that's special. Of course, anything that comes from George Lucas, you got to respect what he says. And then Hayden still remembering something that he heard 15 years ago, whatever. Yeah, right. Very, there's a piece of Anakin that's always been there, kind of always there, even when he's Vader. And we've gotten more with that, with all the new canon that, He's, he's still there. There's a part of Anakin there, even when then the Emperor kind of comes and says, hey, shut it. We're done with Kenobi. We have more important fish. And he kind of switches back to Vader. But I love hearing that, that even when Vader is at his most Vader, he's still the chosen one, that he will always end at that point in Return of the Jedi, turning back to the night. Gotta love that. Uh, speaking of Palpatine, Ian McDermott was there. It's funny to me because he was there for a 45 second scene, but he has to be in full Darth Sidious makeup, which looked great. And you have Deborah Chow in on Zoom kind of directing everything. But yeah, he's just there on a blue screen, all dolled up as Sidious Palpatine. Just, okay, I'm done, 45 seconds, half a day, but it takes two hours to put all the makeup, but gotta love it. And that scene was great. And the volume, the volume is still cool. I know the, the the hip thing to say now is how the volume is done. We're past our kind of rose color eyes uh, se session or kind of infatuation with the volume. Because of course, Andor did all that outdoor shooting on location. And now the cool thing is to blast. The, the volume and how it kind of devalues Star Wars and we already got used to it, our eyes are used to it. Dude, the volume is, is just so cool. Every time people walk in there and they just change the scenery, dude, it's cool. It's still awesome. I still love the volume. Yeah, we kind of, the problem with Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi, I think it kind of made the, sh the shows look a little bit smaller because a lot of the scenes, anyway, we're on a, small stage or they didn't have to go walking a lot like they're doing Mandalorian. There's all this outdoor kind of space that kind of extend the scenery. A lot of those other two shows were closer. I don't know how to explain it, but I understand how that time on those couple of scenes, the volume might seem like limiting, but then you see it there in use and it's just great. Give me more volume and I think we'll get more, but, and that was it for Disney plus day. The, Kenobi documentary and the Andor special look. Again, I think this is enough. 
for this C plus day. Now that we've gotten two of these, we have to kind of start reminding ourselves this Disney Plus days just to kind of push what they have, right? We're not gonna get all these big announcements of oh, in two years or in a year from now, you're getting here's the trailer for whatever Aquilar Mandalorian season five or whatever it's whatever. It's happening, that's what they're gonna push. And yet again, Disney Plus is not just Star Wars and Marvel. There's a lot of other Disney uh, media in there, and that's what got a lot of push during Disney Plus. There are a lot of things, new movies, original movies got announced for that for the service. But for Star Wars, you know, next year, Disney Plus Day, we might Ahsoka might be close, we might get a behind the scenes look for Ahsoka, maybe a poster for something, but let's keep expectations kind of. On the low end for Disney Plus, a no big announcement, which is fine. What we got today, two days ago, perfect. I wouldn't ask for anything else. All right, uh, yeah, Dale, you're right. Uh, Mandalorian is still done in the volume for the most part, and we're gonna talk about that trailer. Trailer for season three. That was a quality trailer, as we like to say now. Quality ship. It's a quality trailer. All right, so that was it for Disney Plus Day. Then let's just jump to some of the things that, actually this wasn't announced during D23. One thing, dude, Star Wars, you gotta make a better job keeping those leaks contained. Between Disney Plus Day and D23, it's like two days. So much stuff leaked that they had to kind of announce officially. And let's start with, the Acolyte. We got new casting news for the Acolyte. We have joining Amanda, Amanda Steinberg is jo, Jody Turner-Smith from Queen and Slim and Lee Jung-Jae from Squid Game. And I'm sorry to both of them if I kind of butchered their name. Uh, let me put this again. I'm not familiar with Jody Turner-Smith's work. I haven't watched Queen and Slim or some of the other works that she's done, but I've heard great things about her. Uh, same for Amanda, Amanda Steinberg. I haven't heard enough about their work. I haven't seen enough about their work, but I've heard great things. And of course, I love Squid Game. I love what Legion J did on it. So yes, I'm very excited for the Acolyte. I've said it before, the Acolyte with Ando has been my most ex uh, expected series where I've been really hoping for this thriller in Star Wars set at the end of the High Republic era. We don't know a lot about it apart from those few things, but now the casting is coming to, to light. Again, hasn't been officially announced in terms of D23. They haven't announced any of that. But yeah, let's go, let's go. The Acolyte, I think they're filming, they're gonna start filming soon this fall, I think around November or something, they might start filming. They already have three quality <laughs> cast members. So I love this. I love both choices. I'm gonna stick a little bit with Lee Jong Jae because like I said, I'm a little bit more familiar with his work, at least watching Squid Game. And with that picture, man, I think he, he can play a great villain. If this is has anything to do with Acolytes of the Beyond, he can be a great kind of Sith wannabe or I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be on the hero or villain side. I kind of see him more as a villain for this role, hopefully, because <laughs> Squid Game, you feel so sorry for him and you're rooting for him. I want him now to go to the other side. So we'll see. And Jodie Turner-Smith, again, looks great. 
have no idea who they might be playing, but come on, the Acolyte is the show. There's so much mystery behind it because it's the this era that we don't know enough about. Getting some glimpses with the High Republic, but this is maybe closer to Phantom Menace that to the High Republic. But we're still gonna have High Republic Jedi going around, just kind of leaning back as the threat is gone. So if these three characters, Amanda, Jody, and Lee Jong Jay are all on the villain side, kind of those acolytes or whatever. I'm all on board. Give me, give me a again, a show just focus on the dark side of it. How can you go wrong? After reading Shells of the Sith, you know my you know my thoughts on it. Uh, so yeah, very exciting. We're starting to get some casting announcement for the acolytes. So hopefully we start getting more information soon. And speaking about things, again, this this would have been a great reveal for D23. Bring the the actor in. People will go nuts when they did the Ahsoka panel. But unfortunately, it got leaked prior, and then it got confirmed, I think, by Variety. And it was, they found him. They found Ezra. There he is. Eman Esfandi from King Richards and from other places, but King Richards might be the most recognizable has been cast as our friendly Jedi, Ezra Bridger, in the Ahsoka series. We last saw Ezra at the end of Rebel Season 4. We know that Sabine and Ahsoka are on their way to find him. That's how the season ended, that kind of post-clip. Where's Ezra? We've been asking for, what, four years, five years? Where's Ezra? I had been here for probably two years, kind of banging the... Damila Massad kind of bails. He's Ezra. This is a done deal. He looks so similar. We all want him. Some people want a Raul Coley. He's kind of been, eh, no. So surprised that it wasn't any of those. But Emanes Fandi, from what I heard, I'm sorry for me for not watching all these movies and TV shows. I've never seen him on anything. Uh, looks extremely like Ezra would at this point. People are over the moon with him as an actor. He fits the part, so extremely excited for it. And again, we got confirmation now that Ezra is going to be on the show. Thrawn can be too far behind. We didn't get any announcements today about Thrawn. But we got Ezra. They found him. He's going back to the screen. I don't know. And I said last week, I think it was, or maybe the week before, that I've been a, kind of a bit down on the upcoming Star Wars shows after Andor. I don't know why. And getting back in, Oti kind of said, hey, if, once we start getting the trailers and we get closer, your hype is going to get up. And I said, probably. I'm going to watch them probably as we get closer. My hype will go up. My hype is going up. We got extra announcement. We got more stuff about Ahsoka, Mando Season 3, a bunch of stuff. So my hype is getting back. Some things are still low. We'll talk about it. But All right. And then this was kind of part D23, part kind of leak, and it has to do with the Skeleton Crew, this new show that we had no idea was coming out. Uh, it was announced during Star Wars Celebration, and the big thing was that Jude Law was coming to Star Wars. So apart from Jude Law, we're getting new cast members that are rumored. I say nothing got kind of, again, confirmed today, but rumored cast members are Kiriana Crater from Bunked, Disney show, my daughter watched Bong, so I know the show, I can't picture the, the actress, but that's fine. 
and Ravi Cabot Conyers, who most famously did the voice of Antonio in Encanto, which was great. Again, more representation also. Um, so yeah, more cast members for Skeleton Crew. Uh, Jude Law also, yes, yeah, so he was there at D23 today. He showed up with John Watts, which is the director. So that was great. We also learned that they wrapped filming yesterday. They completed filming this, which is a complete surprise with a lot of people said, uh, Lucasfilms announced stuff and don't follow through. They push stuff behind the Bad Batch season two, supposed to be out already, I think. And then Skeleton Crew got announced earlier this year during celebration, and it's already done filming. So it's very possible that this show comes on after Mandalorian season three, I think. Ahsoka is still shooting, as far as I know. I think they end in a couple of weeks or months. So if Skeleton Crew stop, is done shooting, they'll do post-production. Manda will come out, I think, later than we thought in 2023. And then you put Skeleton Crew end of summer around right now where Andu's going to show for next year. I think Skeleton Crew can kind of take that spot and then Ahsoka for the end of the year. Kind of like how Book of Boba Fett came at the end of the year instead of Mando Season 3. I think that might be the same thing for Ahsoka. Uh, great stuff. Just a little... A little line from Jude Law, because he was promoting Peter and Wendy, brand new movie for Disney Plus yesterday. And he said that he was awestruck by certain characters walking around on set of Skeleton Crew. That got me thinking. Skeleton Crew comes like it's that five-year period, similar to Mandalorian. It's be after Return of the Jedi. It might be close. I don't know if it's closer to Return of the Jedi than to Mando, but it's in that five to ten year span. I think closer to five. Who can be around? Um, John Favreau, I think, is very involved with Skeleton Crew also. So, we, are any of the Mando characters gonna show up? Only thing we know about Skeleton Crew is that it follows like four or five, 10 to 12 year olds that cannot get lost and they need to be rescued. Some people are saying that maybe Jude Law is playing a, a young uh, Lord Santeca, which might be 30 years from now, he might look like uh, the actor that played him. I'm sorry, again, blanking on names. It might. And I, if I don't forget, if I'm remembering correctly, in The Acolyte, sorry, not The Acolyte, in Shadows of the Sith, there's mentions, we know that Luke and Lord Santeca go on missions trying to find Jedi and Sith artifacts. I think there, there's a talk about one of them being on a mission with some kids or something. So it might be that. And again, if it connects to Shadow of the or the other novels, that's going to be great. If Luke Skywalker is there, and that's one of the characters that Jude Law kind of mentioned, walking in the background, we can get Mando if it's in that same time period. We can get Boba Fett. There's a lot of legacy characters around this time period that might show up. And again, this is one of those shows that's very interesting because the main cast is new characters. The two new actors that were mentioned are between that 11 to 13 year range. I kind of track you what the earlier reports. And Jude Law looks great. There was a picture that they showed. It was kind of low resolution, so I didn't find it for today. 
but looks great as a Star Wars character. She looks great. There were four kids behind him. One of them looked kind of a, like an alien, which is what I want. At least one of the kids. No, don't be human. Have a kid out there. This from Jedi is from Luke's Jedi Academy that got lost on a mission. And Lois and Tega has to bring them back to Luke's temple. Yes, do we get R2D2? Maybe he's R2 is everywhere. So maybe R2 is around and that's who Jude Lawso. It's a lot of possibilities for skeleton crew. And another good thing about this was that during D23, John Favreau mentioned that he went to John Watts on the set of Spider-Man. Hey, do you want to direct an episode of The Mandalorian? And John Watts was, no, no, I already have an idea planned for my own show from top to bottom. And then that's what they decided to go with. Yes, I prefer this a lot better than, yeah, just come on, direct an episode. No, I already have an idea for a show and they let him run with it. So Skeleton Crew again. I think this is coming out next year. Sorry, these are my notes. You're seeing my notes. Oh no, behind the scenes, how the things are made. Now people won't watch the show. So yes, Skeleton Crew might come out next year. That's my big prediction right now. Skeleton Crew comes is the next show after Mandalorian season three. I think that's my prediction before Ahsoka. I think Skeleton Crew shows up before Ahsoka. All right. So the next thing, next thing, and this was a complete D23 reveal, and it has to do with Tales of the Jedi, another thing, another animated series of shorts. These are six episode shorts that were announced also during Sour Celebration earlier this year. And we got a trailer. So a trailer for Tales of the Jedi. Three episodes will focus on a younger Ahsoka and three episodes will focus on a younger Count Dooku. Before he turned to the dark side, we have young Qui-Gon Jinn, young Mace Windu. We have Dooku fighting Yaddle which maybe, I don't know if this is before Attack of the Clones or after Attack of the Clones This that this fight happened. I'm guessing it's going to be before since it might be right when he turns. Kind of prepares him for his battle against Yoda. Yado seems to have a very similar fighting style in terms of all the twists and jumps. So maybe Dooku, that's why he was ready for Yoda. But of course, the big, not big thing, but it's Dooku kind of telling them kind of warming them about an upcoming storm or something's going to happen. The fall of the Jedi are coming and people are not listening, which we know. He tried to recruit Kenobi. He couldn't. So we'll see how it goes. Are we going to see Dooku learn about Qui-Gon Jinn's death and how this affects him? That's going to be interesting. And then we also got a lot with Ahsoka, fan favorite Ahsoka. Uh, she's there at Pat May's funeral. I'll be honest, and I'm sorry for everyone's going to hate me for this. I I know a lot of people are excited for it, for, oh, she was there at Pat May's funeral. I'm not. And this is my issue right now with Ahsoka, De Filoni Stalitz. She's being placed in all the important moments in Star Wars. Like she was there, she had a part to do with it. And that's why I'm also afraid for Anakin's, Anakin to show up in the Ahsoka series and what that's going to mean. I'm guessing it's gonna be a flash, not a flashback, a uh, force vision, force ghost, I should say. I'm guessing we might get a flashback. I don't feel that Ahsoka needs to be at every big important Star Wars kind of moment. She was there now with Luke Skywalker training Grogu. She met Mando. 
again, Mando kind of makes sense a little bit. He was searching for a jet, and he he's the one that got pushed towards Ahsoka, not the other way. On that Ahsoka, Padme's wedding, Padme's funeral, sorry, not her wedding. I don't know. It's She doesn't need to be at every important Star Wars step. That's my train of thought. That's what I think. That's one of my issues, kind of feeling hype for the Ahsoka show. With I, That's me. Most people out there on the Twitter sphere are over the moon with this trailer and everything has to do with Ahsoka and God bless and love it. And that's one of the great things about D23 and just Star Wars in general that we mentioned here that Star Wars is for everyone and you don't have to watch it. Or if you watch it and you didn't like it, it's fine. It's not for you. Go on to the next thing. It's what we always say. If you didn't enjoy that, okay, let's go go on to the next thing. So yeah, again, I'm not extremely hyped for Tales of the Jedi, which is a big step back from what I said when this was announced during Star Wars Celebration. When I saw it live, we were recording here when the announcement came, some of the shots came out. I love the design of it. Now it looks... It's Clone Wars Season 7 Star, which is a great design, but I don't know. I'm a little bit on a downward trend right now with Tales of the Jedi. These are six episodes. Everything is dropping on the same day on October 26th, so almost right when Andor ends. I didn't write down when Andor ends, but it's 12 episodes. It'll be nine weeks afterwards because we get three episodes. Yeah, so it's pretty close to Andor ending. I don't think, actually, I don't, Andor might still be going on when we get these six episodes. These are shorts, probably no more than 20 minutes, probably less, 10 to 12. And that's it. Fine for everyone that's gonna enjoy this. A lot of people are over the moon, like I said, with all of this. And I'll probably love it when it comes out. Just I'm, I'm a little bit kind of behind the, Behind the curtain when it comes to Ahsoka, I need a little break. Uh, we see some great scenes of her going to fight a new Inquisitor and kind of seeing it might be an Inquisitor that showed up in the Ahsoka novel, which I haven't read. I'm sorry, I have it, but I haven't read it. I'll read it eventually. We'll see. I'll probably love it. If not, I'll like it, and that's fine. We'll go to the other stuff, which again, Mando Season 3, Skeleton Crew, all Acolytes, all this other stuff. I'm extremely hyped, so if I'm not... A, Super high for Tales of the Jedi or Ahsoka, that's fine. I'll go on to what I want, what I think I'll enjoy more, talk all the positives I can about it, and move forward. You need don't need to go and do 20 ah, videos hating on everything like people do out there. What do you guys think? Are you excited for the things we talked about already? Tales of the Jedi, which one of those do you prefer? Those three episodes about Yon Dooku? Do you want to see a young Ahsoka? She's kind of taming a wild tiger or something. Uh, what else we talk about? Skeleton crew. What are your thoughts so far on all those things? The Acolyte casting, Ezra? Come on, you gotta be hyped. I, I just said, Ahsoka, I'm a little bit down, but you give me Ezra and Sabine, we're back in Rebels. I love that. <sighs> all right, guys. And then the, the last reveal today and i'll say there was they also they also talked about ahsoka they showed a couple of new pictures of ahsoka they so, showed the one about uh sabine on that mural that she painted with all the rebels character it looks great and then it was john and dave filoni just talking about ahsoka how great it felt to be there to record it uh catherine kennedy saying this is dave's magnus opus nothing out of all the 
out of the ordinary when it comes to Dave Filoni talking about Ahsoka. So nothing too revealing about that show. No trailer. I thought we might get the trailer for Ahsoka. We didn't, but that's fine. We got some information. Plus Ezra. Ezra is coming. They found them. And then the big, the big one was Mandalorian season three coming out. 2023 and this was what hit me really this is the next show after Andor, supposedly live action i thought it was coming at the end of this year then it was gonna be early 2023 and now it's just 2023 we don't know one but we got it guys we got the trailer trailer for mandalorian season three was great uh boca tan look at that bunch of mandalorians we got the armor griff Karga. is that a Chrome Arcade Gauntlet that we talked about last week. Uh, Mandalorians jumping out of a ship. I'm hyped now. Love this trailer 100%. It wasn't the potato trailer that we got from Celebration. Um, so extremely hyped for Mando Season 3. Even I said last week also, oh, Mando Season 3, I'm kind of eh on it. I'm back on board. Love everything about it. Dale, you mentioned how Mando is still using the volume. You see that show. You see that trailer. That looks 100% location shooting or whatever. They kind of master the volume for this show. I think for Mandalorian, for all three seasons, the volume has looked great. And they just keep pushing it, pushing it. So trailer looks great. We learned that Filoni directed the first episode. No surprise, but great, great to know that he's going to lead the charge. And then Rick Famuyuma, Famuyuma, who's also now a producer on the show, Director the second one. Um, so will is this show going to overlap with the Bad Batch season two, which we'll mention in a minute? But that was January 4th, 2023, they said. Pushback supposed to come in September. They got pushed to January. 16 episodes. And I'm jumping ahead. We'll talk about Bad Batch in a minute. Which unfortunately I didn't because we didn't get a trailer for Bad Batch. We got a trailer during Celebration. Nothing new now. But Mandalorian Season 3 looks great. <clears throat> Bo-Katan looks great. She's talking about Mando being in a cult. Some people say, well, Bo-Katan, you used to be in a cult. What's going on? We have the return of the armorer. Since Season 2, since the end. Yeah, since Season 2, I thought that Bo-Katan and the armorer were going to go head-to-head -head at some point. Maybe we'll get it here. We have Mando apparently going back to Sindari, I believe it's called, the capital over there. It's burned up. You see that dome all, all shattered. People are chasing him. We have Griff Karga. Every year he gets more, a bigger coat on. Life is good for Griff Karga, I should say. He looks great. He's, he's been doing good. Uh, Dr. Pershing is back, so maybe we'll get more with cloning. Is it going to tie in with Bad Batch Season 2? And maybe that's why... Bad Batch was pushed back, so it's a little bit closer to Mandalorian. They made that connection with Mount Tantis and whatever and all the cloning. But yes, that trailer, for all of us that weren't at Star Wars Celebration, we were able to watch the trailer today. We'll watch it like 20 more times. Looked awesome. Uh, Bo-Katan won't be the villain, probably an antagonist for, for parts of it. Maybe they'll get back together. Giancarlo Esposito is back, so we know his character is going to create chaos he talked about it for a while uh so yeah there's a lot happening in mando season three no idea how many episodes i think all the other were 
six, I mean, eight or nine. I can't remember. I think there were eight, so probably the same. But yeah, Mando season three looks awesome. So can't wait for it. Little bomb that they just said 2023. I don't know, because we have Andor now, which ends late October, I think, or maybe the first week of November is where Andor ends. Then we get a break. We have Tales of the Jedi in between or right at the end. Bad Batch, which is our next. Should I at least make a little, little banner for the Bad Batch? You guys excited for Mandalorian season three? Of course, who isn't? Who isn't excited for Mandalorian? So, so Bad Batch season two, let's end up. This is our last news about our last topic for Disney Plus days, the Bad Batch season two. Um, I said before I was kind of up and down with the Bad Batch with the first season. I didn't connect with any of the characters. So I didn't have that emotional connection when it ended and kind of pushing for it to come back. Uh, but yeah, it makes sense for it to come back. I don't know how many seasons it will be, but Bad Bash season two was previously announced to come at the, in fall of 2022. I think September something, I know September was announced at some point, but when Andor got pushed back a whole month, then a lot of people were like, wait, is this going to overlap with Bad Batch? We haven't heard any news. And then here's the news. Bad Batch season two is coming out Janu January 4th, 2023. Two episode premiere, 16 episodes total. Uh, there's a trailer already from Celebration, but we didn't get a new one. No news apart from episode 16 episodes and the release date. I did my simple math. And with this starting January 4th with two episodes and then 14 episodes left, it ends May 15th. Is there a chance that we have Mando season three and the Bad Batch season two overlap? Are they gonna wait till May to, to release Mandalorian? From what I heard on Twitter, most people would want this to be the case. They don't want them fighting for attention. And I understand why Mando season three would take over. People would, yeah, yeah Bad Batch, I watch about Mando. And, oh, sorry, excuse me. So far, Star Wars haven't, haven't overlapped their big shows. I know Vision kind of came out and now Tales of the Jedi might overlap a little bit with Andor. But these are shorts, all released the same day, so it really doesn't compete that much. But I don't think that Mando and the Bad Batch will overlap. I think they'll be separate. And if this ends in on May 15th, I don't see Mando coming out till end of June, at least. They usually give at least a month between shows. So yeah, I don't think Mandalorian season three comes out till I'm putting it at June. And then if it's eight episodes and sometime in August, early August or something, or late August, if anyone starts in June, and then you get Skeleton Crew, set October, something around that time. That's my time frame. Then Ahsoka, either at the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. That's, man, it feels so far away. But I think that's it. That's my, I'm putting my stamp now. We have Andor now, Tales of the Jedi at the end of October. Then nothing Star Wars. Can, oh, can we get Skeleton Crew before the end of the year? They finished filming, we're at, uh, again, post-production takes time. I don't want them rushing it. 
So no, I don't think we get Skeleton Crew at the end of the year. So yeah, it'll be Bad Batch in January 4th, then Mando season three, I'm saying it comes out June, and then we'll get Skeleton Crew around September, October, and then Ahsoka late December, early January, 2024. Oh my goodness. I think that's it. I think that's it. Might be wrong. And again, we don't know how many episodes Skeleton Crew is going to be. Maybe it's a, a one-off and it's four or five episodes and then early and then you get Ahsoka a little bit sooner. But I don't know. I'm not betting on it. All right, guys. So that kind of brings an end to our Star Wars talk. Just let me know what you think about all the news that we got today and this week. Disney Plus Day, is it enough? Just those two things, should they do more for Disney Plus Day? And then D23, a lot got announced. Uh, no movie news, movie announcement, which I'm okay with. We, didn't, we know we're not getting any movies for a while, probably till 2024 when we get the Taika Waititi movie, the mo most probably, and then Rogue Squadron at some point after that. Maybe the Ryan Johnson trilogy after after. Oof. All right, so that kind of does it for our Star Wars talk. Now we go to our new segment, which we like to call A World Between Fandoms. All right, so A World Between Fandoms. You like that? You gotta put the TARDIS there. This is our third week doing A World Between Fandoms and my third kind of video intro for it. I think I'm sticking with this one. It's not as long as the other one, not as loud. Simple image and the TARDIS, because if you guys follow me on Twitter, doing a whole rewatch of Doctor Who, I love it. It's a great show. All right, so a world between fandom. Let's start. We're going to go. We're going to go. We, you know where, where I'm sorry. It's Rings of Power. Come on. Rings of Power, episode three. I'm loving everything. Lord of the Rings. I'm loving everything that we're getting. The first two episodes were great. And then this third epi episode just takes it to another, I don't want to say another level, but it takes it in a very important direction, I would say. And this episode, and also for you guys out there that are just joining us now, or maybe your first time watching, we'll take the next 10 to 20 minutes to talk about other fandoms out there, something that's not Star Wars. We all love a lot of things more other than Star Wars. So we take this, the end of the show to talk about it and it's all spoilers. So if you haven't watched the latest episode of Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, even She-Hulk, tune out, go watch them, come back and finish watching so you don't get spoiled. Rings of Power episode three, at least for myself, benefited for a second watch. When I watched it the first time, I enjoyed it. But I think I was too hyped. I was, how is this going to connect? What's this mean? Oh, I know that name. So it, was, so it was a lot. And it was a little bit slow at the beginning, and then it picks up the second half. But when I sat back down and watched it late yesterday afternoon, already knowing, okay, I know what's getting. Let me just sit back. It flowed a little bit better. The pace was better. All the reveals were great. So yes, if you think it was a little bit slower, you didn't connect with it as much as the first two, just give it another watch because it worked for me and now I really enjoyed this episode. Come on, we finally got Numenor. I need to learn to speak or pronounce the enunciate. 
like the Numeronians do, how the elves do every time they say Numenor and Morgoth and Sauron. I love all their enunciations. I want to be able to speak like them. But I love being able to see Numenor, that great city. Again, uh, this episode was a history class, is what I like to say, and the good type of history. So if you have any vague kind of knowledge of the background of Lord of the Rings, a little bit more than just watching the movies, then this episode just kind of is a, an explosion for the senses, basically. And I don't consider myself a Lord Master or anything close to it for Lord of the Rings. I did kind of read the appendices before Rings of Power came out. And every time there's a new episode, I kind of go on the, I forget the name, it's the Wikipedia for them, the One Ring Net, I think. I kind of make those connections. So I kind of keep up with what's going on because I hear names, Elendil and uh, the Silmarils and all these little connections that they're making. It kind of enhances the season and the episodes. And Numenor was great. Everything with Elendil, which I love Elendil. I thought I was going to prefer Isildur because we know where it ends. Again, that's the great thing about this episode. We start getting introduced to those characters. Then if you only watch the Lord of the Rings movie, it still connects because uh, Fellowship of the Rings starts with the battle against Sauron. We know that, sorry, Elendil's not going to make it. Sauron's going to kill him. But then Isildur takes his sword to cut the, the rings off. And then we get introduced to those characters today. And I'm like, I know how this is going to end. It's so sad, but it's so great. I love the character of um, Elendil, his relationship with Galadriel, taking her to the uh, Room of Lore. Or, yeah, I think it was called the Room of Lore, or the House of Lore. It was great. And seeing that library, they made that connection to the map, was one of the big... Uh, theories out there that Sauron's mark was actually a map to Mordor, and it's there. It's the Darklands, Southlands, East Mordor. It was great. It was great seeing that. Um, and also, <laughs> it's funny when they're talking about they found the map. It's to the Southland. That's where Mordor is. Oh, what about the inscription? Or he's talking about enacting a plan in case of Morgoth defeat and connecting it now to Star Wars and Operation Cinder that Sidious has had this whole plan. If I die, this is what you guys are going to do to then just create chaos. And this is the same thing. Morgoth, if I die, you're going to go to the Southlands. You're going to create chaos over there with Sauron. And then that brings up to Arondir. As you know, I love my Puerto Rican elf. I love everything with around there so far and seeing at the end of episode two, he was taken hostage or taken prisoner, I should say, by the orcs. And here we see that the orcs took all the elves, all the elves from the watchtower, the watch warden, everyone's there. I love the love that around there and the elves have for nature, for that tree that was there before even the orcs were born, but they have to cut it. It's the only way for them to be able to see over the ridge and see the forest at the in the background, which is what the watch warden kind of told them. Hey, the first one of you guys that gets a chance to look over and locate the next the tree line, go for it. And for around there, this meant chopping down the tree. Of course, after his friend gets killed, doesn't see an option. So he goes there, kind of looks and see it, and then pushes, pushes, 
puts his hand on the on the tree and says something in Kenya in Elvish, which then I found he's just saying either I'm sorry or forgive me. Again, oh, so much. It's great. That's the elves. But then also I love how they fight with the chains, doing these kicks, throwing it back to the oars. We get the warg, which was creepy. That warg had human eyes, which I didn't enjoy. It was a great fight scene at the end. And unfortunately, the watch warden doesn't make it. He was able to escape, but he gets, gets the Boromir treatment with a couple of arrows to the chest. But then the episode ends, bringing to Adar. Who the hell is Adar? They think it's Mordor. I mean, Sauron, because Sauron uses a lot of names. He's a shapeshifter. We don't know who Adar is. He's coming out. He's out of focus, long black hair. Is he one of the, I don't know. I don't know who Adar, 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 Adar is. Adar, forget how they pronounced it. Is he one of the nine, the humans that then kind of help Sauron with the rings or get corrupted by the rings? A lot of people say he might be a fallen elf that now is helping Sauron. He kind of have that elf look. Very excited to see who Adar is. It's not Sauron. It's too easy. But maybe he is. I don't care. I just want to know who he is. Uh, speaking of people, who still, who's the stranger helping out the Proudfoots? And I mean... Yeah, the Proudfoot, Nori Proudfoot, I think it is. And the proud fellow, poor Poppy, we learned that her family fell behind. Who's the the stranger? A lot of people are saying that he might be Gandalf or maybe Saruman. Even though I want him to be a blue wizard, kind of Gandalf makes sense because the... Ah, I can't believe I forgot the... They're not hobbits. This oh man, I hate, I always get a blank blank mind when I'm recording the hardfoots. So maybe can the hardfoots are the antes, uh, antecedents of the hobbits. So the hobbits kind of most of them came from the hardfoots, and if you follow the whole lineage, I think Sam is one. So anyway, are do the proudfoot kind of stay? stay behind, they get lost and they, they have to settle. They Norris one that she wants to explore. She just doesn't want to be in this traveling band. Maybe they find the Shire and Hobbiton and kind of stay there. And that's and the reason I think might be, it kind of tracks for the stranger to be Gandalf. It's maybe this is where his love for the Hobbits kind of came because the Hardfoots kind of took him in when he fell. And Norris gonna help him find the constellations. So maybe he kind of tries for it to be Gandalf, still hoping for blue wizards. But again, doing a little bit of research might not work. I think the blue wizards are not there till another thousand years or something. Great episode. It kind of starts pushing the story in a different direction, or it kind of focuses a little bit more. We didn't get anything with um during and with Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting all names. The other elf, Elrond. We didn't get nothing with Elrond during Disa that we got in season in episode two. That was great, but this is coming in episode four. But I really enjoyed everything that we got in season three. I mean, in episode three, I'm really hyped for episode four to come out in a week or so. So yeah, Rings of Power is still kind of pushing it. Love everything that we're getting.
All right, the next show, House of the Dragon episode three. Again, another great third episode. Rhaenyra, I said it last week, she's drawn into her own. And then this episode, she's now there neck and neck as one of my favorite characters on the show next to Damon. But Rhaenyra again, just taking all her frustration out on this board that was going to kill her. Is she going to be replaced as queen? Viserys had a, a son, he's two at the moment. Is he going to announce his son as heir and she's gonna lose everything? So she's just pouring everything, her whole kind of soul into that, that bore when she just kind of leaves at the end, leaves the hunt and goes. So Kristen goes after her. And then of course she's the one that sees the white deer, the white deer that's supposed to be kind of the sign of who's gonna be the next heir or the next king or queen, the next ruler, I should say. And she's the one that sees it. It's not Viserys, he saw that the brown one. So I love everything that we're getting with Rhaenyra. She's growing as a character. I love it. Her issues still with her dad. Again, and the politicking. The politicking is a great thing about Game of Thrones that separates it from Rise of Power. Again, you don't need to compare shows. They're very different. But the politicking of this episode, the pieces are falling into place. In terms of Viserys has his heir, can have his male heir, even though he tell he told Rhaenyra, no, no, I chose you for a reason. You're gonna be the heir. It's not gonna happen. The hand, Otto Hightower is always in the background, moving pieces. Alicent, unfortunately, is just a pawn in his game. She might push for her son to be king. Damon, Damon just went all out. He's like, little scroll and Viserys sends help. And I'd rather die than accept help from my brother, the king. He just goes berserk. We say it every episode. He goes berserk, but this time he did it by himself. Didn't need dragons. The dragons weren't working. Head to head against the crab feeder army. Killed everyone. Also got the bottomer treatment with three arrows, so he survived them. It was fine. And then got help with the sea snake. Everyone came and sea smoke. A new dragon, which was great. I didn't like the way he said Dracaris, just a kind of nitpicking. But I love that scene of Damon just going all out and then just coming with half the body, kind of here I am. And again, pieces are falling into place. And if you saw the the preview for the next episode, he's being crowned with King of the Narrow Seas or something like that. So how is that gonna mess up with Viserys? Rhaenyra and Alison having that battle now. So again, the pieces are falling into place of the big conflict. And very interested to see how this is gonna go moving forward. And also, we know there's gonna be a bigger time jump. <clears throat> there's already been like three years since the season started. There's another one coming. There's a bigger time jump that they change actresses. Rhaenyra and Alison are gonna be played by different actresses. I'm gonna see how that plays out because I'm loving everything that I don't know the name of the characters of the actresses. I'm sorry, but I'm really liking Rainier at this moment and the way she's being acted and portrayed. Gonna see how it feels when they change actresses. The only thing I didn't enjoy too much was I think they spent too much time in this great hunt. Spent like 40 minutes. Some great things in it. I think just they just spent too too much time on it. All right. So let me see what you guys are saying out there. Dale is saying he's watching episode two now, so he'll catch this on the replay, which is fine. And he can't remember he watched it, but can't skip to the end if I'm pretty sure I have. 
that's fine there. There's so much stuff out there that's difficult sometimes to kind of can't remember everything. Jay, you made it, Jay. We're almost done. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jay. Hopefully you can watch, catch it on the replay. We had a great talk about everything. D Disney Plus Day, D23, talk about Mandalorian Season 3, the trailer, news on the Acolyte, Skeleton Crew, Tales of the Jedi, a lot of stuff that we talked about, Jay. So thank you for making it today. And again, if you're watching this, if you just made it, make sure that you click that like button. It's, it's good sometimes to see that number go up. Well, thank you guys for being here. All right, so House of the Dragon... Episode four comes out tomorrow. It's one of the great things. One of the reasons I love doing this little world between fandom segment is because I get to watch uh, Rings of Power on Fridays. Then I talk about it today along with everything Star Wars. And then tomorrow we get the next episode of House of the Dragon. And in two weeks, halfway between on Wednesdays, we get, we'll get in Andor. So it's gonna be very a very busy week. And then Thursday, we still get She-Hulk going if you follow some of my tweets and also been watching our A World Between Fandom segments, I've been kind of meh with She-Hulk. I've enjoyed it, but not my favorite um, MCU show so far, probably on the lower half. But episode four was great. This is what I wanted the show to be, what I thought the show was going to be. It was funny, hilarious at times, poignant. Um, it was a great episode. Um, of course, everything with Wong, with... Madison with two N's and a Y were, were great. Everything with She-Hulk and um, her, not her alter ego, with Jen Walters was great. How she kind of has to battle that people just want her as She-Hulk and no, not as her regular, her human self. So that was a great kind of scenes that we got. And like she said, it's Wong. So you have Twitter armor for a week. But I really enjoyed the show the episodes hopefully going forward it's similar i think episode five is when we're getting daredevil and matt murdoch we'll see how that goes but episode four i'm back on track i really enjoyed that show for that episode of she-hulk all right guys i think that kind of brings an end to today's show like i said a lot of things went on yes um jay the andor imax preview looked great I'm unsure on IMAX, it looked even better. But it was great to see a little bit more. And we got another trailer, like I said. There was a little clip also that they showed on Good Morning America on, on Thursday during Disney Plus Day, which was pretty cool. We talked about that image about two or three weeks ago. It's the one that Anders there, and there's this huge alien next to it. We kind of joke how he was going to, to talk. And then some guy is just threatening Andor and brings this alien as uh, as muscle. And Andor's like, really? You, 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 you're you putting yourself for this? You're here to intimidate him? I'm sorry, I don't know. I need the cash. I need the credits. So yeah, Andor looks great. Mandalorian Season 3 looks great. We got news Ezra finally is found. A new actor has been confirmed for Ezra, new casting announcement for the Acolyte, Skeleton Crew. So it was a lot. Again, a lot for Star Wars fans to kind of start salivating for everything Star Wars. It's been quiet. We keep saying it's been quiet in the world of Star Wars news. Not anymore. Now things are picking up. All right, guys. So that kind of does it for our main topics or all our topics today. Uh, just remember for next week, it's our big sequel trilogy trivia challenge. 
we have three great contestants. One of them, one of our contestants dropped off. Um, he's gonna be helping out with the polathon that's gonna happen the same day for about 12 hours. I don't know, it's gonna be a long one. But yeah, Jarrod is gonna be helping with the polathon. So he couldn't make it to the trivia challenge, but we got some three great contestants and the winner of it was going to the final, our big Star Wars extravaganza lately. And I agree, the Acolyte, I'm also very looking forward to the Acolyte a lot. Casting an announcement is starting, so. All right, guys, so as always, if you're here, if you're listening to this later, whenever, thank you for joining us. We had a great show. So it was a pleasure talking to you in our Star Wars Saturday for a couple of hours. See you next week. And then after that is Andor. So you know it. Stay safe. Be safe. May the force be with you.